Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes reporting for duty here on a Sunday night for your early Monday morning delivery. And you know what? I might as well be George Costanza and Goes might as well be Jerry Seinfeld. Because today's show, so far, guys, is about nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Goes and I were talking about during the show. See, tomorrow we're going to have our live show, The Spinning Back Click. So we've kind of already outlined some topics there. Uh, we will dive into those there and, you know, we'll tread lightly on those. So you don't kind of get a, I mean, they're different audiences, right? But still, we uh, kind of tried to spread out some of the news. I mean, we used to do this daily. So we know that once we get going, it'll be fun. Look, there's a UFC show to recap and a bare knuckle fighting show to recap and lots of news that's out there. But it's just kind of a different different uh, vibe on this Sunday night. So we'll cross our fingers and we'll give it our best. (laughs) All right, guys. So we'll go in order, I guess. We'll start with Bare Knuckle, which took place on Friday. It was called uh, Knuckle Mania. And... I got to admit, man, I was entertained. It helps that I knew a lot of the names that fought. And when I go through some of these results, I think a lot of you are going to go, oh, he fought? She fought? He fought? Wow. But check this out. For example, uh, John John Dodson was on the card. Greg Hardy was on the card. Uh, Austin Trout and Diego Sanchez were on the card. And Mike Richmond was on the card. All right. So none of those are McGregor or Poirier. I get it. But there was some MMA ties to it. And it they sold it to me. They sold it to me with a little shoving and pushing and shoving at some press conferences, a couple interviews here and there. We, we had one with both the uh, co-main adventures, Sanchez and Trout. And so uh, you know what else goes? This might sound silly. Calling it Knuckle Mania. Just made it sound like can't miss. Mm-hmm. They, I, for me, they hit all the check marks, dude. I thought uh, the talent that they had on the card was really good, and it just kind of worked out where the fights were. They all had like a little bit of drama to them that made it a lot of fun, and then they did a good job of uh, laying out what's to come. Right? What? What? So, in other words, when you're watching Trout and Diego. All you're thinking is, all right, well, they kind of laid the foundation with Austin Trout um, for a big fight with Luis Palomino. Mm -hmm. You had that. You were kind of working towards it kind of in a way. It almost reminded me of like the way pro wrestling promotes their stuff. And um, and that's that's easier to do because it's it's predetermined. Right. But here Mm -hmm. a monkey wrench can be thrown into your plans just like that. Right. And so um, I just thought it was it was real interesting the way everything was lined up for the next card. Um, You could tell certain things maybe didn't go their way. Greg Hardy, right? Like who would have thought he would have gotten obliterated the way he did. That's a big signing for them. Right. Um, But 
I think overall, man, I was like really highly entertained. And it wasn't so much like, uh, well, this will do on a slow MMA week. This was like, I really looked forward to this and, and I and it delivered. I would agree. They have the rematch that they can run back with Lorenzo Hunt and Mike Richmond. And we'll tell you why in just a sec. But yes, after Austin Trump dispatched of Diego Sanchez, Luis Palomino came in and they were pretty respectful towards each other. But right away, that fight seemed to be pretty much sold as well. So one fight that may have fallen apart is Ben Rothwell versus Greg Hardy. Right. That kind of puts things um, in a difficult spot for them. I don't know. They already have Ben Rothwell on the card that they were talking about. And I don't know. See, that's April, I think, is the card that that they were promoting. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of like at the end of February. So I'm not so sure that that was going to be his opponent. They might have another name in mind, you know? That's what's crazy about BKFC is you never know. But, um, but yeah, you would think if Greg Hardy got a win, that would that would uh, that definitely be one of those that makes you pay money. Like, you, you got to see those two. It, throwing bombs like that? Are you kidding me? Well, we recently pr- uh, had Todd Duffy on the show. And he was pretty clear that, you know, he's pretty much all in on KSW. And so I, I thought that could possibly be a name for Ben Rothwell. And now with Hardy losing, I'm thinking that could have possibly. I see, We're saying this without really knowing, but we're trying to put two and two together, kind of put the clues together and see what we can come up with. But Ben Rothwell it didn't appear was in a fight for a title next. So they wanted to match him up against somebody. Mm -hmm. I thought those two names were, you know, likely names and they've been ruled out in the last 72 hours. I think, I don't know. You can always, you can always tap me on the shoulder and go, Hey man, Rothwell and Hardy's about to start. And I, I won't care that Hardy just got KO'd six weeks ago. I mean, you know, from the health standpoint, Sure, but I, I would figure that by then he's been cleared and he's a grown ass man and he, you know he he knows the the repercussions. So once the fight's gonna start, like I always tell you guys, I'm in. I'm not a big replay guy, and that sounds stupid because I was actually watching a WWE replay right now from uh, earlier today. Mm-hmm. But normally I don't get replays. But I would say, I mean, what is it like eight bucks or something like that for BKFC? Get the damn app and just watch the card. It was so entertaining. It was it was really really good. I thought you were gonna say don't you don't want to see Richmond versus Hunt again? Okay, you meant replay as in just the replay of the event. Yeah, the knuckle media. Go back yeah, and watch for eight it. bucks. It, it's worth it for eight bucks. It's it's done very well. I could co-sign on that. Richmond and, and Hunt. I I mean it's it's unfinished business. You do have to do that again, but at the same time, like. You got to give Hunt his respect and and what he's trying to do, and be a, a three time champion. That's mm-hmm. pretty. Big, that's a big story too. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how realistic that is. But uh, but that that's unfinished business. Those guys have to fight again. Yeah, I would say, listen, man, a guy that used to fight at one thirty five almost finished you. Let's settle down on the heavyweight talk. Mm-hmm. Let's get let's get this guy in your rearview mirror because everyone thinks. He whooped your butt, and you just happened to catch him. You know, Hunt whooped his butt, too. He was out cold. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to say that he didn't, but it wasn't a one-sided affair. I mean, Mike Richmond was having his way. He just happened to get caught by the one punch uh, versus prior to that, he was putting on a a clinic. And guess what? I didn't think he could. I, I was I was on Team Hunt, not, not because I dislike Richmond. I guess I, I usually go for the MMA guys, but I just thought it was going to be too much of a size difference. But, man, humble pie. I, I could not believe what I was watching. Richmond was just taking them, you know, taking them apart, knocked them down. And then when he comes in to pretty much finish it, he gets caught with a, with a hook. So credit to hunt for digging deep, having the wherewithal to, to know, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm probably still a little rocked here. And here, here comes a, a figure towards me <laughs> ready to finish the job, you know, and what, whatever it is that you trained, you know, in those situations when you're exhausted or when you've been buzzed in practice, Mm-hmm. And he was telling you to dig deep. He did it, and he pulled it out, man, and he kept his title. So good for him. Yeah, overall, man, like a lot of cool storylines on that card, and even Diego and Austin Trout. Like Diego gave a much better performance. It, I'm very torn with Diego Sanchez right now because if you ask me, should he retire? I'd say probably but it's not because he doesn't go in there and fight his ass off and give good performances. You know, it's more that he's just accomplished so much already that I don't know that he's really going to do anything that's going to make his legacy live longer. And uh, because he went out there and he took it to Austin Trout. Austin Trout, props to him, he went out there and he did something that boxers don't don't normally do, and that's translate their game into BKFC. And uh, he was able to do what I think a lot of us thought Pauli Malignaggi would probably do. And Austin actually fought that fight a lot like he he boxes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was that was a great fight, too. Mm-hmm. I agree. He, well, basically, I think what Malignaggi wanted to accomplish was what Austin Trout accomplished. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he was setting traps. He was using footwork. He was using, he wanted a counter strike. But eventually he just never let go and he relied too much on a game plan that wasn't working. And by the time he wanted it to work, I think Artem had gotten his respect because he started, you know, hitting them. And, but you know, not, not much happened from either side, but it was worse on the Malianaji side, similar to my man that we're going to get to uh, from the UFC who had an abysmal night, but I don't want to cross over too many names here. Um, I think everyone knows who I'm talking about. William Knight, man. <laughs> that guy just froze. Yeah, dude. Um, um, but, you know, I don't know if you heard this, but Diego's claiming Austin Trout cheated now. And um, Vaseline, right? Vaseline. Now, I'm not going to lie, George. When they put the Vaseline on Austin Trout's face, I think we all said, like, Jesus Christ, that's a lot. No, like, I mean, they might as well have just literally get hit with a Vaseline pie in the face or something. I mean, he did have a lot, but I don't, I didn't. What I saw was a lack of trying to get to that position from Diego, not him doing it and being unsuccessful. Well, I noticed a few fighters got a lot of Vaseline, but yeah, there was a few. The, there was a few that stood out as like, "Whoa!" Usually, uh, somebody would come over and, and wipe off the excess Vaseline, mm-hmm. um, and you could tell even when he was sweating, man, he looked like a car that had just been waxed the top of his head as well. Yeah. So it could be that when we weren't even looking, you know, a lot of these fighters 
have been accused. I think they accused GSP once or something when they just had too much mm -hmm. of rubbing it in other parts of their body, or maybe it was Anderson. I can't remember. But uh, I don't know that, it, you know, usually these appeals don't really go anywhere. The only thing you're really appealing to is the audience and the promoter to maybe give you one more shot. Um, hopefully, Diggle got paid well. They supposedly sold a lot of tickets. Hopefully, they got a lot of pay-per-views. And hopefully, this was a success for them and he got a good paycheck. I, I really don't want to see him fight Austin Trout again. I honestly don't want to see him fight Bare Knuckle again. But if you are going to put someone from Bare Knuckle or put Diego in Bare Knuckle again, then put someone that's got a similar skill set, maybe, you know, to, to his, not someone who's been a former boxing world champion. We'll see what happens with, to, with the appeal, to be fair, but I don't know that it would have made too much of a difference. Most of that fight was not engaged like he thought it was going to be close quarters and clinching, and it wasn't right. because he just couldn't get his paws on him. It's just Austin was pretty much a master of using his distance mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh, eventually cut him up pretty bad. He had two really, really bad cuts. I'm glad they stopped it, to tell you the truth. I just didn't see a comeback uh, being mounted by Diego Sanchez. But anyway, so the results here are uh, from BKFC, and we'll kind of put that to bed. By the way, Lorenzo Hunt, 3-5 and five in MMA, and yet he holds two titles over in bare knuckles. So good, good on him for turning his career around. But in MMA, it didn't go too well. 3-4. and four. Um, uh, Okay. So the bare knuckle uh, knuckle mania was called. We had Lorenzo Hunt defeated Mike Richmond with a KO punch, and he defended his 185 pound belt. So good for him. He owns two belts, and this was a title defense for him. This all happened in round one with 10 seconds left. Richmond just putting it on Hunt, knocking him down. Hunt gets back up after get, almost getting counted out and just socks up Richmond. And next thing you know, Richmond was doing the motorboat on his back. Austin Trout defeated Diego Sanchez, kind of pieced him up, took four rounds, but finally the doctor said enough. Cuts were too deep. Trout was winning the rounds. Diego had moments, man. He really did. He had moments where he just threw punches and they landed. Um, so he didn't, to me, he didn't embarrass himself. Right. Uh, his face makes it, the face and the result makes it look like one could stand up and yell, what the hell was everyone thinking getting this guy in there with a boxing? We all kind of said that before the boxing match. Mm -hmm. None of us could stop it, but we all kind of said that, and the blood and the result tells you that. But during the fight, there was a few moments for Diego, and that's why I say get another 40-year-old with a grappling-heavy skill set who's picked up you know, the hands along the way, and if you want to do that, sure, run it. Uh, or give Diego a match in the UFC, a, a kind of a going away. I, I don't know what he's looking for. I don't know if he just needs a, a completion to his career to, that'll satisfy him, and it has to be a win, or it has to be in the promotion that put him over, um, you know, where he was most of the time, or if it just has to be one big paycheck. I, I don't know what, what this man seeks out, but, um, of course, if you if you really push me, well, what do you think? You know, what do you really want? I, I, I kind of don't want to see him compete anymore, to tell you the truth. But I, I, I wasn't as the Kevin Lee fight and this fight. Boy, them cuts were ugly. But uh, I've just seen worse performances from fighters towards the tail end of the career. Let me put it to you that way. Right, and so that's the thing is like you can't really, you can't pick that that part of it, but. Um... You know, he, he has taken damage, and that's what's alarming, right? 
you don't want you don't want something bad to happen and then them say, okay, it's time to walk away. It's supposed to be the other way around. You're supposed to walk away to avoid those types of things happening. But um, you know, he's still competitive out there. It's it's strange. Mm-hmm. He's scrappy. That's what it is. Is he's really really scrappy, and it doesn't seem like he cuts corners. And that's why when he comes in, he's usually you know and in pretty good shape and ready to scrap and just do his thing. Yeah. But but Austin Trout, I mean, come on. This is this guy fought Canelo, man. Yeah. You know, he, he um he's been in there with some of the best. This is just some journeyman boxer or nothing like that. I think if it were up to me, man, here's what I would do. If he has to get one more in, then here's what I do. Let him retire in the UFC, put him on UFC three hundred put him against jim miller i think he beat jim miller didn't he when he fought when they fought so there you go you avenge it jim miller's not like a knockout artist per se it's two older guys going at it probably be jim miller's last fight as well and that's it right off into the sunset so miller's competing at 55 though and diego's i I think well i don't know man this guy's nuts he might do it but yeah i was thinking maybe like a matt brown like matt brown's against court mcgee but I think Matt Brown is a bigger name than Court McGee. No disrespect to Court McGee. I think he uh, can hurt Diego, though. I'm not saying he sucks or nothing like that. I just think Matt Brown is beloved like Diego Sanchez is beloved. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I would match up the two. Not because I think, oh, those two are great and Court sucks. I'm not saying that at all. all right. Diego yeah. Sanchez goes, as far as what you said, he fought Jim Miller and beat Jim Miller, yeah, in 2016. So, yeah, I, I guess maybe they could, you know, for their last match, it doesn't have to be at 155. They could do it at 160, I guess, or 165. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, for Diego's last match. But Diego's got to tell Dana what he wants. Yeah. All right. Um, so, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships, Knuckle Mania 3, Huntley Richmond, Trouby Sanchez, Dodson. Uh, defeated Jared Grant, and he's competing at 125 pounds. He wants to fight for that title. He was pretty clear about that, and he seems to be pretty popular over at Bare Knuckle. Josh Watson is the guy who defeated Greg Hardy, knocked him out in the second round. Um, And pretty much as far as that goes, I think names that people would recognize from the MMA world, dig them out yourself. I'm just going to be throwing out names and – uh, I, I think we. I want to move on to the next mm-hmm. to the next uh, stuff here, but yeah, um, I can't say enough about. I think Bare Knuckle won back a fan. I, I never abandoned their ship. Goes it just wasn't. I wasn't making time for it, and now what I'm going to do is go on the BKFC app. It's or not the app, the uh, website BareKnuckle.tv. I can already tell you there's some events coming up, and I'm just going to really try and stay on top of them. And make sure I catch them because they they did entertain me. And this week it's um, Adams versus Belcher for the heavyweight championship bout. So one of these guys could be mixing it up against Ben Rothwell down the road. And it's Friday, February 24th. They're in New Orleans. And I think you all should check it out. For sure. Trying to see if there's any other names here from the MMA world. It doesn't look like it. Uh, not, no one of note, but uh, Belcher he fought for a long time, so that's good enough for me. All right, in the UFC, that was the following day. 
It was UFC Fight Night 219. In the main event, Aaron Blanchfield defeated Jessica Andrade. She submitted her in the second round. Andrade took the fight on late notice. It was supposed to be Aaron Blanchfield against Talia Santos. Talia Santos, I'm just connecting dots here for a lot of you because I know there's a lot of names that float out there and the sport really shoves a lot down our throats. Sometimes it's hard to sort it out, sort it all out. Talia Santos is the young lady who fought with uh, Valentina Shoshenko and uh, gave her a great fight. And people have been wanting to see possibly that rematch. Well, when they gave us Talia Santos versus Aaron Blanchfield, we knew that wasn't going to happen. And subsequently, Shevchenko was booked against Alexa Grasso. Um, but Santos couldn't go. In steps Andrade. And Andrade goes, if you'll recall, just fought at UFC 283. We did a watch along. And that was it like a month ago in January, the same card that had, you know, Moreno and Figueredo. And so she just fought Lauren Murphy, you know, mm-hmm. and she goes in there and fights against this young 23 year old. Who's really, really been on a tear. Uh, and guess what? She's kind of lighting her up. I mean, she was sucking her up really, really good. And Blanchfield took every single one of those shots. I was really, really entertained by these two flyweights. So Blanchfield, I got to give some credit to her striking as well. She landed some good shots on Andrade. The only problem is Andrade just kind of ate him. They didn't seem to really bother her. What really impressed me about Blanchfield was her fight IQ. You know, she hung in there. She hung in the pocket for as long as she could. But then she decided to go to her bread and butter. And I think that's important for fighters. And, um, I mean, she's not the one that took the fight. I mean, like, technically, I guess she did take a fight on short notice because it's a different opponent. But she's the one that's that's prepared, right, to go the distance and for her to kind of make the adjustment, especially when it's Jessica Andrade, you know, Jessica Andrade is a Tasmanian devil. Like, that's a completely different game plan that you're preparing for. Everything Aaron Blanchfield did impressed me that night. I, I thought that was pretty damn amazing. Yeah. And when she took her back, she hadn't even gotten the hooks in, and yet she was already working on getting under the chin of Andrade. Mm-hmm. And it was being pointed out by the announcers that there's no hooks in, but oh wow, she all of a sudden, as they noticed that she's under the chin, then the hooks came in, and then it was a wrap. But she really, really went for it. And um, you know, Andrage, you know, she's not the second coming of Gordon Ryan right. in the women's division or anything like that, but she's a pretty savvy and experienced all around MMA fighter, strong too. And yet she just wasn't ready to deal with that. Now, again, she just had a war with Lauren Murphy. If I'm not mistaken, I, th- I think they went the full five rounds. Because remember, that was the fight where we all were wondering, should they have stopped it or not? Or Murphy's, mm-hmm. remember that one? Did yeah. they, let me see. Let me look it up real fast. That one, yeah, I went the full uh, 15 minutes. And uh, so that was just a month ago. And then to take the fight maybe on a week, 10 days notice, whatever it was. Maybe I give her a pass. But here's what I want to say. You got a proper champion in Valentina Shoshenko with seven title defenses. She's going to go for eight against Alexa Grasso. I expect her to defend. And if she does, then, you know, she just keeps moving up in terms of the Mount Rushmore, solidifying her spot on a Mount Rushmore. How, how do you not have Cyborg, Nunez, and Shoshenko on your Mount Rushmore? 
You know, who, mm-hmm. who the other one would be, I don't know. Uh, maybe Gina mean, Carano, maybe Martin Rousey. Yeah, you know, I, I I don't know who the other one would be. I imagine it'd be Ronda Rousey, but I mean, dude, eight title offenses. I think Rousey made it to five or six, mm-hmm. and Cyborg has about about nine, I think. Uh, Nunez has about that as well. So the, these ladies are starting to distance themselves. I don't know why I go off on these tangents. Anyway, Shashenko is a great champ. So the flyweight division has a great champ. They have. Talia Santos, who just gave her a tough fight, and everyone wants to see that rematch. Now we have the young gun and Aaron Blanchfield, right? But then we have popular fighters like Molly McCann, uh, who had won four in a row, and Blanchfield mm-hmm. just took her out. Miranda Maverick, she's a pretty good talker. Alexa Grasso, who's fighting Talia Santos. Uh, sorry, no. fighting Shushenko. Um, Jessica Andraj. Lauren Murphy, Caitlin Chikagian, like slowly flyweight is starting to become the marquee division for women's MMA. And for a long time, that was held by the strawweights because you had Rose, Joanna, Jean Weili, Carla Sparza, and then a few others that help out, right, with like the rising stars of Marina Rodriguez and Mackenzie Dern and a few others. But they're close to being overtaken because – Joanna retired. I still think she's going to come back, but she kind of retired. Carla, you know, she, dude, you saw it took her eight years to get another title shot. I, I, I don't know if she'll get another one. I don't think the UFC really was too wild about getting her to a title shot, but, you know, respect. She's done it twice. And, um, but she did have that awful fight versus Rose. And then Rose is like, she can be such a, She's Katy Perry. She's such a star for them. And then at times she just kind of goes away, you know. <clears throat> so you have nothing consistent there. Zhang Weili, you know, she's a stud. I'll give her, I'll give it up. She's a stud. Mm-hmm. But what do you think? What do you think of the flyweight division? I think it's popping. I think it's the the marquee division right now, just because of uh so many different combinations. Like I always when I when I think of of divisions and how deep they are right away in my head i just i create an eight eight fighter tournament right and you could do that easily with 125 and it would be fairly competitive it would be a lot of fun so um yeah man i think it's popping but with aaron blanchfield like with all the praise that i just gave her you know even if you go back to molly mccann she did exactly exactly what she should have done in that fight um i do feel like it might be a little too soon for valentina shevchenko uh, I think she would give her a hell of a fight, but I feel like maybe even one more fight would just give her so much more experience and, and prepare her so much better for that type of fight. Yeah, but allow me to be the contrarian. Didn't we all feel like maybe um, Jamal Hill could use a little bit more seasoning? He mm-hmm. went for it. He won it. Alex Pajeda, I know that he beat him twice in kickboxing, um, but he hadn't really accumulated. I think he had only won three in MMA. He goes out there and he beats Israel Adesanya. Like, Talia Santos, I I imagine a lot of us felt the same way. Like, ooh, is she ready for Valentina? Well, Valentina's kind of cleared the slate, and next thing you know, she was giving Valentina trouble. So who knows? If you say no, you might get passed up. What if Valentina goes... You know, well, you can't say no. 
and then moves up to 35 and, and says, I want to challenge Nunes one more time. And and then when she comes back to Leah Santos is ready to run it. I mean, that, that could turn into a year, you know? Yeah. I think if it's offered, you might want to pounce on it. No, you definitely can't pass it up. All I'm saying is if the opportunity were to come up or for some reason, uh, uh, Valentina does say, Hey man, I want, you know, a lot of people saying that I, I lost that last fight. I want a rematch. Like, if that were to happen, I think it would only benefit this girl because, uh, you know, Valentina's getting a little older as well, and she's not as indestructible as she used to be. So I would say I, I would think it would benefit her. But, yeah, I would I would never tell her to just pass it up. You got to strike while the iron's hot. Here's a few more names I left out. Undefeated Casey O'Neill. Mm-hmm. And we got French woman Manon Fierot. <laughs> she's in the mix. She's been on a tear a little bit as well. And I guess, I mean, Tracy Cortez, can't forget about her. So, yeah, Flyweight's got some names. Jennifer Maya, she won around from Valentina. She's the one that started it all. We all thought Valentina was indestructible, and then this one took around from her. Macy Barber seems to have been a little bit on a, uh, on a comeback trail after the knee injury. Mm-hmm. So, respect to the Flyweights. I remember when they created it, we had... We had straw weights moving up, bantam weights moving down. But I was like, oh, this is kind of makeshift. I, I remember saying that myself maybe uh, three years ago. And now all of a sudden, it's it's becoming one of my favorite divisions. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Well, Valentina fights Alexa Grasso next. If Grasso beats Valentina, I find it hard to believe they wouldn't give Valentina an immediate rematch after seven title defenses. That said, they didn't give it to Jose Aldo after Conor McGregor beat him. And Jose Aldo had defended seven times as well. But um, the way it happened, though, right? The way it happened and Ald- and McGregor was going for that second belt, I get it. But still, when it went, I don't know. That was a little bit of a disrespect to Aldo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All these times they ran for the, the three times we needed to settle Volkanovski and Holloway. But yet, sure. this one that ended so quick, I mean, I think they could have done something about that. But that's what? That's 2015. That fight took place at the end of 2015. And in 2016, McGregor mixed it up with uh, with Nate Diaz twice. And then later on that year, beat uh, Eddie Alvarez. And we're in 2023. That was seven years ago. The Nate Diaz stuff right around this time. Yeah. Seven years ago. Did you see McGregor show up to Tough? Mm-hmm. Derek Brunson said that um, – what was the joke he cracked? Oh, I got to pull it up because I'm, an, I'm not going to give it its due. But he basically said he just looked run down, like like really, really. And, and it's true. If you watch the video of him um, showing up to the PI, he looks older, bro. Yeah. I mean, that, that can happen. Think about uh... – not just mixed martial arts, but I guess what he's been going through in his life, too. I mean, that, that stress will do that to you. He said, why Jim Miller looked like Conor McGregor, who just rolled up to Vegas? So now he's comparing Miller to McGregor, which Miller did look older in this fight, right? He did. Um, yeah, had a little bit but of that wasn't the original joke. The original joke was... Let me find it here. 
Oh, fuck. I'm not going to be able to find it. But yeah, it was basically bagging on, on McGregor. Like, what happened? And I thought he was exaggerating. Then I pulled up the video and I and I was like, oh, man, he has a point. McGregor, just his face, man, looks beat up. Maybe, maybe it's all that sun in the Mediterranean on his yachts or something. Could be. <laughs> Who knows? So McGregor showed he looked, up. He looked leathery. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He, um, he showed up to training. Or, you know, to coach, I should I should say. And you see the little controversy going on there? Yeah. Danny yeah, Rubenstein from uh, Ruby Entertainment or something like that. It's called Ruby Sports Entertainment. He um, he manages fighters like Peter Yan and uh, I think Cynthia Calvillo and Rafael Asuncio, Rafael Asuncio, excuse me, and a few others. I think maybe even Shavkat. Anyway, he was saying that three guys got punted from Tough, and McGregor brought in three of his own guys. Chris Curtis backed them up because Chris Curtis says he knows a couple of them, so he backed up what Danny had to say, and Connor replied to Chris Curtis, told him that wasn't the case, then told him to F off. Um, he said there was only one guy who kind of did it on his own, and, and that's about it. And I'm just trying to get in here and f off. But what did you think of that? I mean, none of us—I don't think anyone said, "Danny, you're crazy." I mean, that kind of sounds like the type of weight that McGregor would throw around, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a lot, though, man. To really like to do something like that—that—that's that, pretty shitty. That would be pretty shitty to do before the seat the. I guess the season started or whatever you want to call it, the the season of the ultimate fighter, but to do it as it's going on, you know, like once they're already out there and all that, I think that's uh, a little too much. If it did go down that way, I think the UFC would probably do something in terms of uh, look, man, we'll get you on Dana White's contender series or something, or here's some money. But that, that seems like a little much to me. I, I don't, I don't know that the UFC would let him do that. You think Danny Rube tripping? Then again, I mean, Danny's never really struck me as a guy that just makes shit up either. He's usually in line. He's good friends with the matchmakers. You know, you have to kind of, I'm sure you push back from time to time when you fight for your guys, when you fight for your agency and certain things. But this looks like a fight that's unnecessary. Um, You know, I I don't know. I, I that, that That's why I tend to believe him. He doesn't strike me as somebody that's aloof and crazy, you know, out there just right. constantly floating shit. Mm-hmm. And then Chris backs him up, and Chris seems pretty reasonable too. Jeez. Anyway, uh, I I got off topic, and we should get back to the UFC fight card that took place with uh, Andrade losing to Aaron Blanchfield. Aaron Blanchfield saying, hey, I'm ready to fight for the title. Then in the post-fight press conference, she regressed again similar to pre-fight, and said, but if they want me to give me another fight, I'll take that too. Uh, I had gotten it into it with some people on the MMA Junkie Instagram account because I said that it wasn't necessary for her to say that. We're well aware that if they give you someone and you took it, that you'd be okay with it. Otherwise, you didn't take it. But why throw it out there? Uh, you know, the UFC should think, hey, that chick means business. You know, we like her style. She's ready to go. Mm-hmm. 
And if they give her the fight, great. And if they don't, then you deal with it. But I think when you start becoming a little bit of a softy like that, it's um, you make their job easier. To a girl at a club and going, "Hey, you want to dance?" But but if you don't like the song, we can we can dance to the next one. Like you're already kind of giving her a reason to maybe not take a chance on you. Like they, the chick wants an assertive guy, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's how I feel. Like these fighters. They they need to be a little bit more like that as well. Yeah, no, I feel you. Um, I probably don't. I probably don't fly that flag as strongly as you do, mm-hmm. because I think she made her statement on national TV and you know digressing a little bit in the press conference. I just don't understand why she did it, but I don't think it'll hurt her. I think it's Zach, silly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Zach Pogba defeated Jordan Wright. Uh, those elbows off the clinch. He's got something going there. Jamal Pogues defeated Josh Parisian. That was a fun one. It was a fun one, yeah. Marcin Pacino defeated William Knight. That wasn't a fun one. No. It was interesting to see Pacino attack his legs. We've we've all seen that before. And when Knight threw a leg kick of his own, I mean, he made the other guy spin like a ballerina. I'm just not sure why at least he didn't do that. Even if his hands were frozen, a lot of fighters will kick or try and wrestle mm-hmm. or something. He did nothing. I think he had five significant strikes the whole fight. Yeah, it was crazy, man. He was taking a beating on that leg. I mean, the other guy's foot was uh, at the end of the fight. I don't know if you saw Little He had a softball stuck in there, too. Um, that, that was an interesting one for sure. Kind of had shades of um, Lewis and, and Ganu. I thought it was going to have a finish. I really did. I was shocked that it went all the way. Hold on a second. Is he peeing outside the carpet? <laughs> yes. Okay, good. All right. I'm working on training the Jack Russell, and he's been good these last few days. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows our new Jack Russell, Yogi. Uh, we kind of changed the backyard a little bit, but we're staying on top of him. All right. Uh, oh, you know what? Shout out to Junkie Nation. So... You guys are just simply amazing, and a lot of you we've gotten to know really, really well. And so, me saying Yogi, you already knew who that was. It's the latest Jack Russell in our life. You all knew a lot of you knew Max and Jackie. Um, but I wanted to give a shout out to Cupcake Katie. She, without fail, always sends little cards throughout the year, mm-hmm. whether it's Christmas, New Year's, birthdays, Valentine's, whatever. You know, it means something to her for us to remain in contact. And that I think that's very, very cool. And I, I want to acknowledge that. And then Joe from Odessa, Texas, man, another cool one, another cool cat. Surprised me today. Um, and I'll, I'll probably tell you guys about it on Thursday. But I just wanted to give him a shout out. Super, super nice guy. And uh, his wife, Bobby Joe, just really, really good people. They, they've been out to the junkie gatherings, so getting to know them. Uh, Mike Wallach, Northern Lights, I sent him a, a text the other day, goes because Tesla recalled 360,000 cars that have uh, a, a little tweak in that little self-automated deal. Mm-hmm. Can't, be, can't be affording to have a tweak when the car's running on its own. You know what I mean? Hell no. So yeah. I've, been, I've been busting his chops and he kind of took it like a man. He kind of took his L and he's, he didn't push back. So 
um, we're having fun with it. I just want to give him and Kendra, his wife, and the kids. Let me see if I got this right. Stanford and Berkeley. They made it easy for us. Mm-hmm. A shout out. Uh, always in contact with Kella from Hawaii. Another guy I want to give another shout out to. Nick Abbott Galley from Toronto. There you go. There you go. Uh, they uh, a lot of these people retweet things that you know projects that special projects that we work on on the side that are aside from the radio show. The support is just really tremendous, and and to kind of fist bump with the the Katie thing, like man, even if Katie remembered to like text us, that's a big deal. Let alone like get a card, write in it, lick a, an envelope, put a stamp on it, mail mm-hmm. it out. Like that, it really does mean a lot, and. Uh, yeah, we, we appreciate all your guys' support for sure. Steve Carroll's a good buddy in terms He's of awesome too. like the retweets and stuff like that. Um mm-hmm. from New York. And this is the part where I feel terrible because I'll probably forget a few here and there. But uh Brandon from Louisville, who's a Manchester United fan, mm-hmm. which makes me remember Rob Robertson. And then when I think Kella, I can't can't forget about Ho- Martin. Also Hawaiian, uh, support of our Stabilo, and and then you think Island, and you go, oh, well, Mark Fellows, down under, mm-hmm. and then you go Lucas from New Zealand, <laughs> and then it never ends. The show will never end if we uh, continue with the shoutouts. But we remain in contact with a lot of you. Buffalo Blue saw him recently. Muna saw him recently. Muna from San Francisco. Buffalo Blue from Charlotte, and. Uh, Y'all's friendship means a lot to us. So continuing on though here with fight night 219, Alexander Hernandez defeated Jim Miller. Now this was a good fight goes. Yeah. The the scorecards led you to believe like that Hernandez had his way, but there were people online arguing that Miller had won two of the three rounds and won 29-28. Now I think one judge had it for 29-28 Hernandez, but the other two I believe called it 30-20 seven but it was still pretty competitive miller almost 40 years of age still out there doing his thing man um and congrats to him he wants to get to ufc 300 and a total of 45 fights uh how how can you not like this guy you know that fight was very very fun to watch but early on you could kind of see and i think i might have told you this as it was happening he put so much into round one, his pace, that you could tell if he wasn't going to get it done soon, it was going to come back to haunt him at, at the end of the fight. You know, and it kind of did. I do think it was closer than what the scorecard said it was, but but I still think Jim probably lost the fight. But but really, really good and entertaining fight. It, it was fun. And this is Jim Miller at the end of his career. You know, he's still doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to count out the fights here just to make sure. 38, 39, 40, 41. Dude, I did it fast, but I think that was his 41st MMA fight. Wow. He wants to get to 45, and he thinks the 45th fight will be will be uh, at UFC 300. I believe UFC 300 has to be sooner than 2024 International Fight Week. And the reason I say that is because 285 is next week 286 is in april 287 is in may uh 
288 will be in June. They always have a June show. And then 289 will be in July. But they kind of go at a pace of almost 13 shows. It, 276 was the last international fight week. And if they get to 289, they're, they're, there's the 13 right there. So that would put them at 302. But what they could do is possibly do 300 around Super Bowl. That's my guess. I said it on either Triple G or here. Um, and bring back the old Super Bowl show, kind of have it on Super Bowl weekend. I think that'd be pretty tremendous. I think there would be a lot of stars in town, a lot of athletes, a lot of A-list. I think they could get themselves that big gate that they always covet just by throwing on a show the Saturday night before. You know, Saturday night before Super Bowl, you got your Super Bowl parties. You have different forms of entertainment, but this is Vegas. That Super Bowl don't even start till the next day at 3.30 p.m., so... You could do your show, get out of there by 10, and still go out and, and do the party scene here in Las Vegas and still be have all your faculties in time for kickoff at 3.30. But mm-hmm. um, what do you think, goes? Is that possible? Four more fights? I think so. And him being at, at 300? Or what do you think? I think so. With the right opponents uh, and with the UFC kind of backing it a little bit, mm-hmm. I think you can make it happen. Well, the thing is, is he's not losing. I mean, he lost Saturday, but it's not like, oh, well, that's his eighth in a row. Like like the problem we had with Sam Alvey. He's not getting KO'd either. Right. So right before this fight, he beat Donald Cerrone. And he had won two more before Donald Cerrone. So he had a three-fight win streak that just got snapped. He did lose to Vince Pichel and Joe Selecki, but he beat Roosevelt Roberts before that. He lost to Scott Holtzman before this, but he beat Guida and Jason Gonzalez. He lost to Charles Oliveira. He beat Alex White. Here's the run where it could have got ugly for him. He lost to Hooker, Trinaldo, Pettis, and Poirier. Luckily, only one of those was a KO, and that was the knee that he took to Hooker. Now, before that, he had beaten Alves, Joe Lazan, great fight, by the way, and Takanari Gomi. Respect. He lost to Sanchez and Chiesa, but he beat Danny Castillo. He lost to Darius and Cerrone, so he's one-on-one with Cerrone. But he beat Yancey Medeiros, Fabricio Camois, and Joe Lazan. So with Joe Lazan, he's 2-0. That's right. Uh, he lost any ideas, but he beat Melvin Gillard. Melvin Gillard wasn't chump change back then when they fought. Mm-hmm. He lost to Benson and Henderson, but he beat Charles Oliveira. He's 1-1 one one with Oliveira. And Kamal Chalarus and Gleason Tabau and Mark Bocha. You see what I mean? Dwayne Ludwig. This dude respect deserves some respect. Jim Miller's a beast, dude. I mean, who was it that... Uh... I mean, other than Hernandez, somebody, somebody else is calling him a... I think it was Dustin Poirier, right? Poirier he's was giving legend. Respect. Yeah, like, legend, He's absolutely man. right. Like, for him to be able to do what he's done for so long and avoid... Um, he's had his battles, you know, but, but he doesn't really get, like, face-planted, knocked out cold where you go, what was he even doing in this matchup? Like, uh, even strategy-wise, you know? And... and I think his game evolved from the first time we saw him to what he is now. Like he, he can be a dangerous fighter. It's just uh, this particular fight. He did look a little bit older physique wise. Yeah, but I think you're right. A lot of it had to do with him putting that output in round one. He slowed down. He didn't give up, but he did slow down and he probably got the best Alexander for uh, Hernandez as well. He, you know, Hernandez has kind of been a little bit inconsistent, but you could tell he put in some work to get better. Um, all right. Nazim Sadikov defeated El- Evan Elder. Elder, if I'm not mistaken, was up 
two rounds to nothing on all the judges' scorecards. And then he got cut by Sadikov on, I believe it was a, a kick to the head. So that looked like he like blocked most of it too. It yeah. was the weirdest thing. Way to rally for Sadikov. Myra Bueno Silva defeated Lena Landsberg, immediately called out Raquel Pennington afterwards. I, I can appreciate that call out. Jamal Emers defeated Kusain Askabal. Uh, Philippe Lenz, by the way, Askabal was 23 0 coming into this fight. Philippe Lenz defeated OSP. I thought that should have been a little higher up on the card. Their names, you got to respect the names. And uh, But it was like the third prelim fight was like at 2 p.m., man. That's crazy. AJ mm-hmm. Fletcher defeated Themba Garimbo. And Clayton Carpenter nailed Juan Camilo Ronderos. Uh, nailed him with a submission. Rear naked choke. All right, sorry. That was an easy layup. And uh, that was your card. Now, this one, to be fair, I know some people were shitting on it, but we missed out on um, Marlon Vera versus Corey Sanhagen. The bout got rescheduled, but originally was planned for this night. That would have gave it a little bit more pop the bonuses went to blanchfield fifty thousand dollars performance of the night i can agree with that um elder and sadikoff fifty thousand to each fighter for fight of the night and then bueno silva she got 50 g's for her finish of lena landsberg lena landsberg i don't think she's gonna fight much anymore she's she i believe is also like 41 or 40 just really wasn't doing her thing out there um, but hey, that's not Silva's fault. I I thought Philippe Lenz was in line for a um a bonus ghost. If I'm being honest, dude, yeah, that was a hell of a performance. And poor OSP man, he just doesn't seem like he's who he used to be. You know, right? I agree. Um, one other thing here before we get out of here. So Jake Paul and Tommy Fury, you know, I, I was doubting this thing was going to happen goes, but we're close, uh, February 26th in Saudi Arabia. And I mean, Fury's got like a dozen fights. So Mm -hmm. we can't really say, you know, you haven't really fought a, a boxer yet. And after he beat Anderson Silva, we couldn't really say, you know, you only seem to pick on the uh, the wrestlers. The only thing we could say was, hey, you kind of fight old guys. Whether you're a wrestler or a striker, you kind of been fighting old guys. Mm-hmm. And this is not going to be the case with Fury. Now, of course, it's going to be the case of, well, he's not really a, a a ranked boxer, or. But I don't think I don't think. I don't think Jake Paul tries to convince anyone, you know, man, I'm ready for Canelo or anything like that. You know, like I, I think he realizes he's not at that level. But the, this this fight right here is gonna answer a lot of questions. You know, I didn't know I didn't know Tommy Fury had that many fights. I thought he was like more in the eight range or something like that. But um regardless, yeah, I mean he's undefeated. Let me check right here. I'm gonna pull up his box rec just so I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, 23 years of age, eight. No, you're right. Eight. No, with four KOs. I, I, I said dozen. So I missed by four, four. but still that's, uh, that's a boxer. That's, that's about what Jake Paul has. Doesn't he? Jake Paul, I think is six and oh, so they're mm-hmm. not too far apart. Who do you like in that one? You going to watch it? Uh, Jake Paul, uh, probably not. They don't get your money. Nah, not on this one, man. What if somebody goes, hey, man, I got a free stream. 
sure. still too busy for it or, or that was, no, that no, was, no. That was I, I just I just don't want to pay for it but uh I, I'd probably just watch the main event well I think I think Badu Jack is on that one too right right yeah all right uh this week we have one on prime video seven John Lineker in action Bellator 291 Yaroslav Amosov is back from fighting for his country in the Ukraine. He will unify with Logan Storley in Dublin, Ireland. So that'll be on Showtime. That's on Saturday. And then UFC Fight Night 220 with Krylov versus Ryan Spann. And both of those guys have been winning. So that's a good fight. And Brendan Allen versus Andre Muniz is a solid co-main event. Uh... Tatiana Suarez comes back after almost four years. She faces yeah. Montana De La Rosa. Throw her in the mix if she wants to stay at flyweight. It's just that she told me she was going to come back at flyweight, but then drop to strawweight. Oh, she okay. is 8-0, and she is a beast, man. She can wrestle. So I think that's someone that you could say, now that now she's as strong as um, Jean Whaley. Like she mm-hmm. can match in that department. And, of course, Ode Osborne, who we've gotten to know pretty well from him doing watch-alongs with us, he's on that card too, so you know we'll be cheering for him. And speaking of watch-alongs, Goes and I will be hosting a watch-along on March 4th for UFC 285, the return of John Jones. He's in the main event as he tries to compete for the vacant UFC heavyweight title versus Cyril Gaon. Francis Ngannou, as you all know, parted ways, vacated the title, the title's vacant, so now John Jones seeks his second title in another weight class. He, uh, he's the GOAT at light heavyweight. We all know that. Arguably maybe the GOAT of the sport. And now we'll see if he can add to his legacy by fighting Cyril Gone. Uh, he's been gone about three years, by the way. So there'll be a little bit of rust on him. But we're definitely looking forward to that fight. And Shevchenko, as mentioned earlier, she'll be defending against Alexa Grasso. So just wanted to put that out there right now. We will continue with our watch-alongs. So a big shout-out to Panda, USA Today Sports, Typical Sportsbook, our partners in these. We're working on something kind of cool for the next Panda. Hopefully uh, it'll be ready in time, George, but uh, the watch-along will get a little bit of an upgrade, I think, a fun one. Nice. Okay. Well, I look forward to it. And when you can share it, let me know. Um, All right. We're going to get on out of here. As always, thank you so much to everybody that tunes into the show. We really appreciate it. You know, one thing I did want to ask, and that's if you've never given us a review on Apple, I kind of had been going over some of the Apple reviews. So Apple Podcasts, you have the ability to leave a review, or if you do it on Google Podcasts, there as well. But it seems like we've accumulated more through Apple. We'd appreciate it. And, hey, be as honest as you want. Um, We used to read all of them. We probably got over 600, and I think – we probably read the first 500 for sure, maybe 550. And then um, we stopped, but we would even read the ones that told us we sucked. The only thing I always asked was, Hey, look, if you're going to tell us that just give, be constructive and tell us, you know, what it is you'd like to see shored up. And if we do shore it up, or if you realize, you know, I was kind of a twat to the guys. Uh, I was just in hater mode. Then go back and fix it. Cause it helps the algorithm. I know a lot of you jumped on my throat because George talks politics. Um, but, you know, you're costing the show and the other 3,300 episodes where I didn't talk politics. I think I may have gone on a, a few rants because 
This was during the time of COVID and a lot of stuff was happening, you know, that affected our sport. Uh, remember, they were going to be in California, if I'm not mistaken, and politicians got involved there. And, yeah, a lot of it got t- tied into that. But um, if you've stuck around and listened and you realize, well, that runs over, then maybe you'll reconsider your review. And if not, then whatever. You know, I'm not going to cry about it. I'm not going to beg you guys. I just know it's a quality show. And luckily, we do have some great ratings in there. And we ha- we've maintained one. But a few days ago, I was checking it out. And it's been a while. So if some of you could do that, that'd be awesome. We thank you in advance. All right, so we're out of here for now. We will see you tomorrow, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, live for Spinning Backlick. Nolan King and Mike Bond will be joining us as panelists. We'll be joining Goes as panelists. I will be hosting. Ken Hathaway will be manning the ones and twos, and that beautiful artwork is done by not on, uh, the one and only Kamikaze, Abby Subhan. So great team effort is put together every Monday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, Check it out. It's live and you can jump in the chat and hang out with us. And I even set some time aside for some solid questions or comments. I'm going to have the guys react to that. All right, folks, enjoy your night. We'll talk to you soon. Go out and be a champion.